What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Cut. Sean, Randy, Christian, back again. It's Monday, August 24th, the date when you guys are going to be listening to this, not when we're recording. I know that now. Um, two, we are recording this on Thursday, and we have two more Thursdays without football, which is pretty nuts. I love it. It's absurd. I can't believe it's so close. No. Um, n- not much is popping there, Sean. Brand new whip just hopped in. Stop. Yeah, I'm past okay. that bitch. I stopped him. Okay, All right. Yeah, yeah. now we're getting sued. Uh, you know what's yeah. popping? Is that, is that many people listen to us? That, that, that That's going to be a problem. I'll take hey. this one report it. <laughs> um, nothing's going on, you know. Just finished watching the Indians win and the Lakers win. I'm really pulling for LeBron to win another championship, which is weird. I know. I don't, but I think I was a LeBron fan before I was really a Cavs fan, which is crazy to say. All right. Let me do the math here. LeBron came out of school in 03. Cleveland's been Cavs team since like the, I don't know, 70s. Carry the one. You're an idiot. He wasn't alive in the 70s, though. True. Sure. Also, I wasn't a huge basketball fan until LeBron, so Fair. I hope he wins. Stupid. Fair. I hope he no, wins. Emphasis on the stupid. Listen. In fairness, in fairness, though, I wasn't a big Cavs fan before either, but. Exactly. How about that? All right. We have a triple R, Randy. <laughs> Transitions are top tier here, bud. I just wanted, I wanted to give the silence that was necessary for that statement. Why? Just read the goddamn triple R. Fuck you, bro. I loved Kobe. <laughs> what? I I wasn't a big Cavs fan because Kobe was awesome. So I was a Lakers fan. Read the damn triple R. Listen, I don't understand the hostility. Is it because we're already over an hour and discussing? I get it, but like that's you think? not mine. It is. Yeah, I agree. Sean's fault. Okay, I'm getting into it. If you just shut up, that'd be great. All right. <laughs> the author of this one is the CSU Intramurals Legends, aka Adam. Uh, I don't think you guys are supposed to say that. I don't. What? Who else could it be? I don't know. It's for sure, Adam. I just one of us. We were all in mural legends. Yeah, but the the rest of us won't say what the actual thing is here. So, I right, the title: the cuts number one fan. Uh, true, Adam. Uh, and the actual review, all the hosts, minus Christian, see this is Yeah, there, there you go. Uh, <laughs> are amazing guys. All three are super knowledgeable and provide really good fantasy advice, as well as a lot of entertainment each episode. Apparently, this one started off the entertainment. Uh, <laughs> when I first met these hosts in 2015, also brings back to Adam. <laughs> I hated all three of them. Makes sense from Adam. Uh, <laughs> now, How many more times are you going to say Adam in the process of reading you made it sound like I wouldn't know it's him. That's not <laughs> now, what I meant. Now in 2020, oh, they're all decent human beings with a passion for what they're doing. I have used their advice from episodes in our in my own leagues against them and sometimes almost win. Yeah, you're not going to beat us. Uh, highly recommend giving them a listen. Shout out to Listener League. You're not going to beat us either. Accurate. <laughs> And we'll get into why with one of these buyer sells 
So what is our latest website update? Uh, at time of listening to this, it should be live. Um, if, if we get everything finalized, it'll be live. Y- yes. So we actually are waiting on some of our writers to join the website so we can transfer the articles over and not lose who wrote what. Um, other than that, we have some updates to our rankings that need to be done before we launch. Because once we put those uh, officially on the website, they are official. Obviously, we can update them and we will update them as things new information comes along. And that's why we're behind. We actually haven't updated our uh, consensus rankings to reflect Amy and Williams opting out. So it's been a long couple of weeks. But Bryce Love, or uh, not Bryce, or uh, Derek yeah, Bryce Love. being a bad human. Yes. That's... Speaking of which, did you guys see the other reports that came yeah. out a couple of days ago? Yep. Yeah, I did. I don't, I would rather not talk about it because I was a big, uh, Guy's truther. I, I think he's good at football, but he's a very shitty human being. So he yeah, can go it's... fuck himself and rot in jail and never play football again. So on that, I <laughs> uh, keep going on. So <laughs> what we're going to do is we have two things we're going to bring to you guys today. We have a training camp edition of a buy or sell segment, and we have our would you rather. So basically, training camp. We're gonna just get into some news that we've seen, and we're gonna see if we would if we're gonna buy and sell the production that come, that's gonna come out of it. And then for would you rather, I took a few uh, players, whether it was questionable backfield guys that are going around the same spot. When you look at uh, average draft position based on fantasy data, just like would you rather? So kind of like the ADP game, only not everything is kind of ADP based. So first, let's get into our buy or sell training camp edition presented by Thrive Fantasy. This one is one that we literally just got done arguing about before we pressed the record button. Uh, Rotoworld.com reported on Tuesday that Damian Harris is, quote, getting heavy workload at Patriots camp. Buy or sell Christian stance that Damian Harris will eventually be the starter for New England in 2020. No, you you start. You start. Okay, well, for me, it's a sell. Uh, Well, so preface the sell by if all parties are healthy, I think it's a sell because he is not even close to the most talented back in the backfield. I wasn't a huge fan of him coming out either, to be honest. I think he has a role in this offense that'll be more uh, prevalent once Burkhead's completely gone. I know he's getting more work than Burkhead in camp. Uh, heads up to people. Burkhead knows the entire playbook. Uh, he doesn't really need all the extra work that Damian Harris does. <laughs> so what? while, and the only reason he's getting obvious increased workload is because the two backs that should be starting over him are on the pub. Yes. I'm going to sell for that same reason. Uh, you brought in Lamar Miller. You already have Sonny Michelle. I don't see how Damian Harris carves his way into that. So I, I have a question for you though. Why do you think that Damien Harris doesn't know the playbook in year two of his his presence there? Because he didn't play Christian. Yeah, for a whole year and he's had over 
over well over a year to learn the playbook. If he doesn't learn the playbook by now, then he should he would have been cut. Christian, he he doesn't know the playbook as in he hasn't had snaps to practice the playbook. He did not get snaps during all that, of the season. No, that doesn't mean you don't know the playbook though. I mean Christian, there's a difference between knowing the plays on a piece of fucking paper and knowing the plays on the field. I mean, he played in the. Don't be this person. That that's accurate. I understand that, but he also played in the preseason. Like, (laughs) all right. Well, here's my argument for Damian Harris becoming the starter. Um, It it surrounds Sonny Michelle and the fact that Lamar Miller. We don't know what is happening with him. I mean, he's coming off of uh, an ACL tear, pretty bad one. Clearly, if he had to go back on the pup and it. It happened about 12 months ago. Um, Sonny Michelle is just really not explosive. And we saw that last year. The year before, he was efficient because he was running behind a really good offensive line. And so I get that the offensive line should be good again. But that doesn't change the fact that Sonny Michelle has literally no explosiveness. When you compare him with Damian Harris, and I think the Patriots are looking for guys that have breakaway speed. They're going to need those uh, long bomb, like grand slam plays because their offense is not that great on paper. It's not going to be great with a new quarterback. As much as I believe in Cam Newton, I don't think that Cam Newton's going to make Jacoby Myers rise to the occasion uh, or a guy that we'll talk about later. So I think Damian Harris finds his way on the field because, I mean, even Rex Burkhead, Damian Harris is by far the most explosive. And that's, he might not be the most talented, but he I is the most explosive. I really don't think he's that much more explosive than Sony. I just want to point that out. Sony was the home run hitter for in college for a reason. It's I understand he's had injuries since then, but it's not like he's completely slowed all the way down, and now all he can do is run two yards. Like That's the thing I think Christian's putting a little too much stock into is – Looking at last season in a vacuum, where you look at the playoffs of 2018, like he went nuts. And again, in his 13 games in 2018, he averaged 4.4 yards per carry. I know that's always not the stat that you want to want to use, but he. I just. I don't know. I don't see why they would just say our first round draft pick were kicking to the curb in favor of a third round draft pick. I, I just I don't see that. Well, well how would you feel about Epic has helped balance and carry the team during playoff runs? Sure. Exactly. But you can't live in the past is kind of my stance here when Damian Harris is fresh. Sure, but I don't think Damian Harris is necessarily the future of this team either. I well see that's I think that's where there's a differing opinion here because I was really high on Harris coming out. I thought he was up there next to Josh Jacobs when when I watched their film together, Damian Harris stood out as a guy that had as much explosion as Jacobs. And so I ultimately, like, J- Jacobs isn't a great athlete. And so I think I'm warranted in saying that. I think Harris actually has the better metrics athletically. Um, and so I think that's where the the differing opinions come from, is that I actually liked Harris coming out. Uh I mean, I don't have that on file, honestly, like on me. I know he's, he was nowhere near the top three backs 
And I didn't do it. I mean, not even close. I I don't think he was a top three back in that class, I, and I, I still had top five. I don't think I'm not even sure. I'm sure he was top ten, but I know I'm almost positive he was nowhere near my top five. Um, sorry, I was trying to look up Damian Harris's uh, athletic profile. Just and and like I said, I don't think Damian I'm Harris is the most. Sure, Sony has a faster forty. Um, by my, I know they're like both like four or five something, but I'm pretty sure Sony's is faster. Yeah, so Damian Harris ran a four five seven. I think, but his, it's like a but four, three or something. His burst score was in the seventy fifth percentile, and so that's. It, I mean, I think it's better than Sony, and so I should have been prepared and and had yeah. this already lined oh, up for you guys. You should have been prepared. So, uh, go ahead. So Sony's burst score is not <laughs> is not on file because he didn't test. So running backs drafted ahead of Damian Harris, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Daryl Henderson, David Montgomery, Devin Singletary. Yeah, yeah. Was, he and was just, and guys and, that went just below him: Alexander Madison, Bryce Love, Justice Hill, Benny Snell, Tony Pollard, Ryquell Armstead. Yeah, and that's about right, and that's about where I had Damien for that class. And so, I mean, the the guys you listed ahead of him are all fantasy-relevant backs that are getting on the field, and I think if Damian Harris gets a shot, I don't think he That were all that. guys drafted to eventually become the starters, where Damian Harris was not, when you have yeah. Michelle already. I mean, the Raiders, yeah. the Raiders had... Jalen Richard, I think. Um, the Eagles brought in Jordan Howard. Uh, the Rams had Todd Gurley last year, and we all knew that he wasn't going to last there. Um, David Montgomery was the starter last year after Mike, the Mike Davis experiment, and then Devin Singletary had one year to compete with Frank Gore. So, like of the guys I mentioned, none of those guys are expected to be starters. Where Sony Michelle is still expected to be that guy. That's the difference. Yeah. See. I I just don't think Bill's going to be too happy with how often Sony's hurt. And like I said, he was really inefficient last year. He wasn't that inefficient. He averaged three and a half per carry, man. He averaged every carry getting hit in the backfield, man. I get that. That doesn't make you... Just get past the question, because <laughs> I can argue all night for yeah. he's wrong. Because he, Sony is no explosion when that's all he did in college. So I kind of put this I kind of put this next one in the troll a little bit, but I don't I want to see where you guys are and I, I know where I am. Buy or sell the reports that JJ Ortega Whiteside is running with the ones and Coach Doug Peterson has said that he's in a good spot and understands the offense fully. I'm gonna buy all right, let me put it this way. I'm not buying it like, oh, I think JJ Ortega Whiteside is by far the wide receiver one. I do think he's going to get an opportunity to start if he can stay healthy in training camp. Oh, yeah, I'll buy that. There's no other outside receiver that's healthy. Exactly. <laughs> you got slot guys and speed. Because guys. Alshon Jeffrey's not playing for the first six, eight weeks. Or even possibly for the Eagles. Correct. Yes. <laughs> he just so I do think as much as I as much as I love the harp on it, I do think JJ Ortega Whiteside is going to get a shot this year. Oh no, 
I've always thought he was going to get a shot this year, man. I just these cl- I just don't know how many packages he's in because it's clear they want to run Deshaun and Rager together. Right. He's just got to find his niche next to that kind of yeah. with all the tight ends and Sanders getting a lot of passing work production. Yeah, I think that's the one thing I'm curious to see what happens. And we'll talk about Sanders next here, but obviously if Sanders was to get a ton of passing work, then I think it'll cut into it a little bit. But I do think Artega Whiteside could find fantasy relevance if he's on the field with Wentz. Like I could I could see I could form a scenario in my head and it's not just me being nuts. I could form a scenario where Artega Whiteside has some fantasy relevance this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I just don't know quite how high he's gonna get. Sure. I know so many people that are gonna be higher than him. It's I he in it, it's mainly just because we saw basically absolutely nothing from him last year. So right. it's hard to get any kind of gauge. And but it's also one of the bigger guy, but he's not gonna be the red zone threat because they have two tight ends that are elite at that. Like it's also one of the reasons I've been targeting so much in Dynasty is A because Deshaun Jackson's eventually going to be on gone. Yeah. And um, Zach Ertz is going to be gone. So two of those options are going to go away. I do think you could possibly see maybe even next year where it's Rager and it's JJ Ortega Whiteside are the two guys for the Eagles in the wide receiving group. Yeah. It's the future bet on stuff on like wide receiver groups are harder though, just because like we saw with the Cowboys, they can get an even better guy the next year. Right. But anyway, I am buying this part. Yeah, I, yeah, same here. I I, I don't think he's going to run with the ones. I think he's going to rotate in. Um, I I just it, there's reports that they plan on using Deshaun and Jalen Rager on the outside, and so I don't know how that offense works when you have two guys on the outside just running nine routes, and then Greg Ward just gabbling in. But I also just don't have faith that Jay Jaw can be a starter. And then, I, I don't know, I guess it's my belief in Greg Ward. And we know the the discrepancy there. I'm a big Greg Ward guy, and Sean's a big Jay Jaw guy. The guy who played quarterback. In yeah, and also... Julian Edelman. And also, yeah, saved... Saying Randy's comparing Julian Edelman to Greg Ward. Greg Ward was really good at the end of last year, man. I, just, I mean, just saying he played quarterback in college doesn't mean anything. Yeah, so just proven transition. Yeah. So I, I do think Jay Jaw gets on the field. I don't know how much fantasy relevance he has this year, but I am with you that next year we could see that shift. Hell yeah! yeah. Also, and for that trade, for that trade that you bought before, I know it might not matter, but uh, KJ Hamler is out like six weeks. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, That's news. Got hurt. He's out like six weeks. Um, all right, moving on. So we talked about him a little bit. Buy or sell Miles Sanders at his current ADP after the injury update that he's week to week after a quote lower body problem. Buy. It's not even a question. He's he's still going probably at his floor for the season. Mm, I'll. Dude. So his current ADP, it's 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 kind of relevant here because. I think his ADP is going to drop because of that that news, and so I'm buying Miles Sanders at his current ADP. I will say, like, if I'm debating, yeah, if I'm debating between Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs now, I might lean Josh Jacobs. Um, 
but I'm not selling Miles Sanders because they're trying to manage his load because they know he's going to be the workhorse. I think that's clearly what's happening here. Um, and maybe people disagree. Maybe people think that this is going to be a, a big problem. I know the ballers today said they they sounded the alarm when it came to this because week to week is not a good designation, which I I understand and I agree with, but I think it's just precautionary. You know, one thing. I mean, the dude was dancing twenty minutes after. Like he's not right. He's not hurt. Like he, they're just not going to keep him out there to get hurt. Like there's no point. Now he's going to be a workhorse. Yes. If there's one thing other than the words social distance, like I understand it's important for what's going on right now. If there's one thing I never have to hear in my life again, and I will be totally okay with it. It's the words load management put together. So sick of hearing that word in the training camp, as well as I'm sick of hearing social distancing. I, again, I get it. I just hate continuously having to hear it. And I think this load management word are going to be continuously thrown around until we get to fucking September 10th. Sure. So, so it's going to be. Would you like some load management on the term load management? See why? Why Why you got to do <laughs> I like that. that was right. good. Um, who put? Did you put these in? Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. All right. Buy or sell Bryce Love showing out. Yeah, I guess that's Christian's words. Nope. Bryce Love showing out in camp and could. This is worded very badly. Buy or sell Bryce Love showing out in Jesus camp could be a huge factor in the Washington backfield. Well, made him the report. I don't know. <laughs> Randy and I both buy this. Yeah, we it's both, a buy for me. We both buy. Um, if it means I, I'm selling Antonio Gibson, I will buy this also. That's exactly so, what it means. For me, it's a buy because there's not really much in that backfield. Like, like I said, I believe in the last episode, oh, AP, oh, Antonio Gibson, Antonio Gibson, Antonio Gibson. AP is the assumed starter. He didn't do a lot last year. And he also only got like 30 to 40% of snaps last year. I assume that probably stays the same, if not worse. He did look good in spurts, but like obviously their line's not tremendous. And they, I mean, Antonio Gibson, he's a gadget guy. He's not going to be in between the tackles guy running the ball all the time. Bryce Love has shown that ability and he's shown explosion. Now, we haven't seen much since he's been hurt for years, but if he's back to form, that's he's very dangerous to take over this job. Do you guys know the victory lap I'm about to do if Antonio Gibson becomes this year's Darwin Thompson? You should. Bro, so you should. Yes, one hundred percent. But I think where you might be overlooking Gibson is he's going to be their starting Z receiver come week six, and so uh, I think he'll have fantasy relevance. Well, that's he just fine won't have the disclaimer is that I don't think he. I've always he's said a running back. I've I said know. running. Back. <laughs> So that if that happens, fine. But that means he's a receiver, and then my argument is now null and void. So yes, fine. I agree. But if he is Darwin Thompson, we are going to have an entire episode of me telling everybody that's what happens. I cannot. I think it's more likely than not. But yeah, I'm I'm buying Bryce Love for sure. I will too. What the hell? Adrian <laughs> Peterson is thirty. All right, uh, buy yourself. I don't know. Who knows? He's very old. Robert Tanyan is uh, the sub. 
buy or sell Robert Tanyan over Jay Sternberger as a starting tight end for the Packers. I'm going to buy this just because like Sternberger got a late start to camp because of the, he was on the COVID list. And that's like, I kind of want to sell it because he, I don't think he's anywhere near as talented as Sternberger. And because he did get a late start to camp, I, that's exactly why he's he's even going to be relevant at all. So Sternberger, if he is a starter and getting most of snaps, could very well be anywhere from like tight end. Well, obviously tight end twenty because that's about where he's going. But tight end t- like twelve to twenty, I'd say, especially with tight end numbers usually being lower than people project usually. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm selling this, but I actually think it indicates something that we didn't see a lot last year. And I think they're going to use both of them. I think they're going to run some more 12 personnel because they have no fucking receivers. They limited media from saying who's running with the ones because they moved running backs to wide receiver because they're so disappointed with their wide receivers. Uh, So I think that 12 personnel is going to be a very real thing. They're going to get more blockers out there for, uh, Aaron Jones to not have carries, they'll give them to AJ Dillon. So of course, because they're in love with his legs, unlike Jordan Love's. <laughs> no. Oh my god, I have bigger calves than Jordan Love. Spaghetti legs. Needle All right. Leg. Okay. What? <laughs> I told you. Do you not remember the last episode? Yes, I remember. I, I uh, remember Sean did it. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. All right, buy or sell Zach Moss as the lead back in Buffalo with Devin Singletary being the change of pace guy at times during the 2020 season. I swear to God if this happens. <laughs> I'm selling. Uh, Zach Moss, uh, I, we talked about it beforehand. Randy, so Randy and I do a lot of draft prep, and uh, I was really high on Zach Moss. I had him as like a top five back. And then Randy said, hey, dude, watch some film. Watch some more film. Stop being stupid. And so I did, and I dropped him, and he ended up with a third-round grade. I think that's where he got drafted. But Zach Moss is not special, guys. He's he's just not. Uh, taking over a Frank Gore role is perfect for him. That's great. He can do that. He can do it well. And so when we talked about it before, we said, well, sometimes that's what Devin Singletary was last year. Frank Gore was the lead back per se and Singletary became the change of pace, but that's okay. I think Singletary is still more relevant. And the one thing I've seen hyped up a ton is people are that like camp is showing they're excited at how well he is receiving in camp. And that's great. Uh, that means they didn't expect him to be that good a receiver. Uh, really? <laughs> And I've I've seen a lot of people really touting how well uh, amazing a receiver he is. Where he's not, he's not that good. Like you said, he's not special. Uh, and he can he can be out in the field for third downs or catch screen passes on first down. That's great. That's amazing. I believe he had twenty eight catches his last two years of college. Nothing special. I think uh, Jonathan Taylor with his stone hands had more than that. Just want to point that out. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe he is a. Maybe it is a bigger role, per se, than Frank Gore. But Singletary is the lead back in the system. He is the more explosive back. He isn't an ultra-efficient receiving back, but he gets the job done, really. Especially because he has to 
dive 17 yards away from the ball to catch it because of fucking Josh Allen is inaccurate throws. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I saw one highlight from Zach Moss receiving and he caught an over the shoulder that he had to adjust a bunch because Allen couldn't even hit him right out of the backfield uncovered. Just saying that. Yeah. <laughs> so of last, last point for me, I started working on a, a new metric um, to test out for this season. I, I'm not letting anyone know what it is. Very big mystery. But Zach Moss is the lowest of the running backs that were drafted in his round or higher. Um, meaning that he's he doesn't have a very good shot to finish in the top 24 according to my research it's probably inaccurate which is why i'm not telling you what it is but uh it's not looking good for zach moss that's all i'll say i like how you add the it's probably inaccurate he's he's just trying to like paint himself not into a corner (laughs) well yeah if i release this now and it's just awful i wasted a lot of time so i'm just gonna keep to myself but I will say there's a lot of research that went into it. I took five years of data, put together a big, big old metric. Again, not going out to the public, but Zach Moss does not does not agree with it. He he's not going to finish well according to this. So yeah, because I'm we'll sure see. he's going to read it and not agree with it. No, no, no. I mean, like agree um, with you knew what I meant, motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's take a break and then we'll get into would you rather all right welcome back to the cut we are going to get into would you rather it's a new segment i came up with it i think it's pretty cool so what we're going to do is i'm going to give you guys a list of groups of players or players and obviously you're just going to say who would you rather take based on the question so first one would you rather take the detroit backfield of carry on and deandre swift or the Denver backfield of Melvin Gordon, pay Philip Lindsay. God damn it! <laughs> to have more it reality. <laughs> I have. I see. I think that's one of the reasons I hate him so much. Is just because I can't say his fucking first name. <laughs> Would you rather take the Detroit backfield or the Denver backfield to have more fantasy points combined this season? That's. Uh, I, dude, it's that's actually pretty close to me. But I'm going to go Denver uh, just because I don't think Carrion or Swift have a shot to be top 20 necessarily. Like, unless one takes over, it's going to be really hard for both, like, either one to kind of break out. Um, Whereas Gordon's clearly going to be top 20. And, I mean, if something happens to, like, if something happens to Gordon and he's out for a few weeks, Lindsay will be good. Where I'm not guaranteeing if and if something happens to Lindsay the other way, Gordon's gonna go skyrocket. Yeah, yeah. Where Swift just isn't up to par yet in most aspects of the game, as we've seen in camp and carry on. We're not even sure is fully healthy. So yeah, I'll I will lean Denver too, but I do agree that it's close. I just think of the two, I think they're similar teams, but I think Denver's gonna be slightly better. So I, I do think there's going to be more points that go to running backs. I think I think Denver's going to be a better rushing offense too. Yeah. Where as obviously Stafford's going to be trying to carry the Lions as he has for forever now. 
literally put the team on his back and it fucking broke. Um, his shoulder I, broke first. Yeah, I, I'll take Gordon and Lindsay, but I do think that there's a chance that DeAndre Swift finishes highest of these four guys uh, just because of the PPR work and the fact that Lindsay is much better cutting into Gordon um, than I think Swift and Carrion will. I think they have such defined roles, whereas I, you guys know my belief on Philip Lindsay. Um, no, yeah, don't start. We're not, we're not going to get into it, but I think that's more of a split, and I think they ultimately come out with more points by the end. Okay. All right. Um, would you rather have your starting wide receivers of Godwin and Evans or Julio and Ridley? Uh, for me, it's Julio and Ridley. Uh, I, I do think Evans is taking a dip this year. Um, I, I early reports out of camp is he loves working with Tom and Tom loves working with him. Uh, but I just, I don't think they're throwing as much yards this year. Probably throwing more touchdowns, though. But there's a lot of mouths to feed now. I'm not quite sure he gets up in the t- in the top. I don't think he's a top 15 receiver, where I think Julio and Ridley probably both be. And I'm lower on the Calvin Ridley side than you guys. I will go Godwin and Evans because I don't think they have a running back in Tampa Bay that's going to cut into the passing work as much as Todd Gurley could possibly cut into Atlanta's. Sure. But there's um, three backs in Tampa that could get work. Yeah, there's two, no, two and a half. Only going to be allowed to get work. And Actually, Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn did come out today and say how impressed he was with Quadre Olison and Brian Hill of the states of them, how they've come into camp. So, okay. Well, we're, we're not going to expect anything yeah. from Brian Hill, clearly. Allison, it's, I'll give a benefit of the doubt, but yeah. But I I will go Godwin Evans. I'll take Julio and really easily. Shot. And I, I think well, yeah. I have to, but also it just boils down to which defense I think is better, and that's by far the Bucks. Um, so I think the the Bucks have to pass less, and so Julio and Ridley can both eat. Godwin and Evans, they'll still eat. It'll just be a smaller portion. Know what I'm saying? Just yes, yeah. Christian. Not, not a not a buffet, but still a three course meal. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right. Would you rather trust the second year breakout of the aforementioned JJ Ortega Whiteside? You're obsessed. Yeah, this okay. Is- I, off the top of my head, these were the only two second year receivers I could really think. Of. <laughs> because McLaurin's already done it, so I wasn't going to include him in there. McCole Hardman. Nikhil Harry or J.J. Ortega-Whiteside? Nikhil Harry. Yeah, Easily. <laughs> and just Nikhil because... Harry's already the wide receiver, too, on his team. See, they're both... These are both guys that I've kind of staked my flag in. So I can, I'm going to win either way here. But yeah, I'll say Harry, too. Although, again, I do think J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is going to surprise people this year. I mean, they do have kind of the same history from last year. I'll say that. And Harry's biggest problem... Even coming into the NFL, uh, me and Christian argued, well, not argued against each other, but this is what we were pounding against Harry for, is he is not a great separator. Uh, he's He wins at the catch point a lot, but he is not a great separator on route running. Uh, and he does, of the two, when it comes to throwing the ball up, he has the better quarterback. True. Cam throws better balls 
Cam throws better jump balls than Carson Wentz does. It's because he's had to for his whole career. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Smith, he just threw over his shoulder and slants. Everyone else had to just throw jump balls because it's all he could do. Uh, I also, disclaimer, while I agree with Randy and I agree that we hammered home that Harry is not a good separator, I do want to mention that separation doesn't always equate to fantasy output. Uh, it was kind of an argument, not really an argument, but a discussion on Twitter with Sigmund Bloom, who was on the show about a month ago or so. Times, times weird, but um, <laughs> but in, in quarantine, I'll agree. <laughs> yeah, so Nikhil can be fantasy relevant without being a great separator. Is kind of the point I'm driving home. Yeah, and, and and I obviously said Nikhil Harry for sure. So I think he's gonna have a pretty decent year. I mean, only time will tell really how much work he's going to end up getting, but it looks to be the case, especially with no true tight ends on this team, that it's going to be him (laughs) and Edelman and James White just getting the ball a ton. Yep. Again, Christian, the only other guy I guess I could have really put into this argument was maybe Paris Campbell. Yeah. so. Looking at the draft class, Marquise Brown, Debo Samuel, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, like those guys have already graduated from the argument I'm trying to make here. Sure. Yeah, it's fair. All right. Yeah. All right. So moving on. Pair of uh shout out to that. That was awesome. Thank you for that. Um a pair of Arizona skill players here. Would you rather take Kenyon Drake or DeAndre Hopkins in the second round? Now these guys are going Hopkins is going eighteenth. Kenyon Drake is going 14th. So Kenyon Drake is actually going higher than Hopkins. So who would you rather take in the second round? Yo, I hate you for this because these are both guys that I'm fading. <laughs> so Randy, you go first because I don't I don't know. So for my usual strategy, I'll say it I would rather have Kenyon Drake. Um obviously there's question marks, wide receiver with a new quarterback, new team. I would say a different scheme too, for sure. Uh, I'm not like Hopkins, I think is going to still be fine, but there's question marks. Kenyon Drake, while there is people around him to maybe take away some touches, I think that's probably better for him because he's kind of a guy that hasn't truly gotten a full workload ever for a full season. So I think having guys like Chase Edmonds, who they believe in there and having you know benjamin to try and take some work to get ready for next year because kenny drake is on a transition tag just want to point that out uh <laughs> i will take kenny drake for this year because i'm more likely to have two running backs than take deandre hopkins give me in a vacuum give me kenny drake because i think he finishes higher total in points i also want to say that i was on this show like two months ago saying that of the handcuffs, not enough people were talking about Chase Edmonds. Yep. Chase Edmonds is a primary is a priority handcuff person right now. Oh yes, I'm taking Kenyon Drake. Um, we gotta stop agreeing on these. We suck. Yeah, we haven't agreed on all of them. But so you guys know how much I'm fading Hopkins, uh, and now the whole world knows. It's on my Twitter, and so. Hi, Coda. Oh, for real. 
we made it so far. Um, I just don't see the collar off when we're recording. It's not that far. That's a really good idea. Um, Hadn't thought of that. (laughs) No, absolutely not. Um, Oh my gosh. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Hopkins is just not going to see the targets that he used to. And so at his ADP, he's a bust to me. Whereas Kenyon Drake at his ADP could outproduce. So that's that's the only differentiating factor for me. All right. Um, would you rather take James Conner, who many people think with a healthy Steelers offense can produce very well this year in the late second round, or take Devin Singletary, who's going right now around the middle of the fourth, as your second running back? Jesus. So the, there's different amounts of risk here. I'm going to take Connor. Yep. I think that's where I lean to. So the risk with Singletary is that he won't get work. The, he won't be the, the lead back. He, he'll get work. He'll get work. Let me rephrase. The, uh, the risk is he continues his production from last year in his limited role because he was hurt a lot. So if he's on the field every week but still gets that work, he's an RB2. Whereas Connor, if he's on the field, he he's the only one of these two that has a shot to have RB1 weeks, really. Like, just because of workload. Like, they're still going to run Connor as much as they can. It's not going to be a, a huge split backfield, especially because they didn't get anything from people last year. Yeah. yeah. Connor, are, you, are you saying Connor too, then, Randy? I will say I will say I'd rather take thirteen weeks of Connor and have someone else on my on my depth just yeah. for my RB two. But I have Singletary's RB three or four a lot of places. Yeah. So that's that's the difference really. As an RB two specifically, it's gotta be Connor. Okay. All right. Would you rather take the Miami backfield in Jordan Howard? Or Matt Breida in the middle rounds. They are going two picks apart right now. No. I've I've said it time and time again. Give me Jordan Howard for the early down work for the rushing for the touchdown upside. And the fact that Jordan Howard's still been good wherever he's been, even though not a lot of people like to talk about it. So I will take Jordan Howard. I will take Breida because I don't think the Dolphins will be that good and therefore won't have a ton of touchdowns. I think most of their touchdowns are going to go to uh, their receivers and tight ends, uh, just because I think they're the best players on the team. And I think they're going to be tight end, plural. Shaheen. I mean, Shaheen will get some work. I meant more Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, and Kaseki are going to have a whopping majority of the touchdowns in this offense to me. I think they will be down in games, which means Howard will be on the field, but I think Brito will have a greater snap percentage in those aspects of games because he is a much better receiving back. And I am going to take what you said, Randy. Um, You said it while we were talking about that with Denny. Uh, And I'm going to take Jordan Howard because I do believe in the Dolphins this year. And this was another argument that we had a few weeks ago. Because you you, weren't, dude. Hey, listen. I don't think the Dolphins are going to be some world beater team. I do think their defense is going to be a little bit better. So I think they're going to be in more game. 
I'm not saying they're going to win games, but I do think their defense is going to keep them in more games than people think. They they have a close. They have a, but, decent, they have a pretty good secondary, I'll say, at least at cornerback position. That's about it on defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they brought in Kyle Van Noy to kind of uh, anchor their linebackers. I, 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 like, I like Van Noy, but most people that lead the Patriots system and that defense don't do that well after. Sure, yeah. but he is going to play for Brian Flores. Uh, that's true. But like I said, I, I, I like Van Noy, and I, I think he's going to be successful, but he could he could just start fizzling out. Like Patriots true. are a good, uh, good judge of time frame to get rid of people. Yeah. Uh, and then the other just nugget I wanted to bring to the table, Jordan Howard was a top 10 fucking back. Three years ago, I will That's bang it. the table. I will bang the table for Jordan Howard. Not, I mean, I don't think he's going to be anything more than an RB three at best. But I do think a lot of people are undervaluing him. I understand Randy's argument about why you would, because the Dolphins aren't good. But I do think he's been good wherever he's gone. Yes, it at the red zone. Yes. yes. He yeah, and I also think if Breida stays healthy, sixteen, he does have a shot to finish above Jordan Howard. I think I'd rather take the safer floor of Howard because he is going to get the early down work than the upside of Breida, and that's why I lose. So take Breida. Yeah, I also don't think that's a foregone conclusion. I mean, I I don't think it's a complete split where Breida only gets passing work. Breida's clearly shown he can get it done on the in the running game. So. He also hasn't really shown great receiving chops. Like he, he is the better receiver. Yeah, in my opinion, he's shown better than Howard. I agree. Patrick Laird sees him. <laughs> yeah. You. <laughs> hey. Plus, Breida's only played. I mean, of the two, if you want to know, like who you think would stay on the field, I mean, Breida's had dealt with injuries where Howard's. Uh, other than last year, like the last two seasons before that, Howard did play 16 both years in Chicago. So, um, all right. So next one here. Um, would you rather take a late round flyer on Alan Lazard or Mike Williams? Mike Williams. Yeah, I didn't disguise this one very well. Is I, it is Randy debating? I will. I'll, I'll, yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's Mike Williams to me, but the argument against it is the obviously low volume. It's the Austin Eckler catching passes. It's Keenan Allen is still the one. It's can Mike Williams really have a thousand yards with a quarterback that's not Philip Rivers and a quarterback that throws the ball as little as Tyrod Taylor does. Um, but I think part of my reasoning for Williams is because I do think they go to Herbert and I do think Herbert just says fuck it. <laughs> yeah. So counter argument. Um to your argument against the guy you chose. Alan Lazard's in a low volume. He's second, the second option on his team next to Devontae Adams, so he will never, ever be the one. Um, Aaron Rodgers is washed, and uh, again, I guess low volume is the main thing. They're both in low volume offense. They're both in low volume offenses, but the Packers, in theory, are going to throw more to me even if they are a, they're obviously a better team but like they will be throwing the ball i think it depends on who's going to be the quarterback for los angeles i mean i 
I mean, even if it's Herbert, Herbert's going to have a learning curve. I th- This is so before training camp started, I think this would have been Lazard for me. Uh, Lazard hasn't done anything wrong, but he also isn't showing out really right now. Uh, I haven't really seen much reports on him at all. I've seen Not more right. tight ends and MVS and Equinemius St. Brown than him. And I've, I think I've seen like one thing. Like, yeah, he's he's running with the ones, and that was about it. Obviously, the Packers don't want anyone to see what they're doing, though, so we'll see. Uh, <laughs> but because I haven't seen him, I haven't seen or heard him showing out in camp and really just taking over this wide receiver two role, I will go Mike Williams. But like I said, early, earlier in the draft process, I think this is a lot closer than you guys are making it seem. Yeah, I'll take the guy who had 1,000 yards over the guy who almost got cut most times and i mean <laughs> i think there is a world where lazard finishes above mike williams but i'm saying that didn't adam thielen almost get cut a few times just saying there yeah and there are plenty of players that got cut and i mean I look at boxer scott really did anything to last year this yeah. was undrafted yeah I, mean, I get it we're rambling gentlemen let's bring it back in i'm just, just I'm, I'm not you not you randy <laughs> I'll go fuck myself then. I, mean, I feel like I definitely was rambling as well. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Many times of pile of All right. Um, would you rather say that Juju Smith Schuster or Odell Beckham Jr. will finish higher in 2020? Boy, this is this is tough for me. Uh, Odell is a much better receiver, uh, but how much can he really get? He, look, he looks like he's back to his old self. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, I I expect him to have a good year. His ADP has gotten to a point where I'm comfortable taking him because it bakes at any risk. Uh, Juju, that offense should be explosive with Ben, but there's conflict in reports in Pittsburgh about what's going on with Ben's arm. It seems to be a hit or yeah, miss day by about, day. Talk about conflicting. Christian and I went over that yesterday. Yeah, it yeah. seems to be it seems to be hit or miss day by day if his arms actually warmed up and ready to go for the day uh, or it just gets tired quicker. I'm not quite sure what's going on. Uh, they also are going to run the, well, I think they're going to run the ball quite similar. I think the Browns will run the ball slightly more, but I don't like the Steelers. Give, run me, not. So, give me Beckham because he's done it before. Yeah. And so is Juju. As, as a more of a setup than Juju has because Juju still, I, I get it's a tough argument to make, but Juju hasn't done it without Antonio Brown yet. So give me Odell Beckham for that reason. Yeah. My biggest thing is Juju still hasn't done it against top tier corners. Yeah. It's not without Antonio. Well, because when he, when he had, around. it's because of when he had two years of success, he was in the slot and he's one of the biggest slot receivers that there is. Yeah. The, the reports are that he's going back there though. And they're going to deploy Claypool on that. Well, see, again, conflicting reports out of Pittsburgh. I saw Claypool was the sixth receiver on the depth chart. And James Washington and Deontay were both on the outside as starters with Juju in the slot. But uh, beside the point, I'm taking Odell because I have Odell ranked one fucking spot higher. They're back to back in my rankings. So fuck you. I think you looked at my rankings. Fuck me. What did I do? (laughs) Fuck me. Fuck you. You This is hard, dude. Okay. All right. Phrasing. Are we doing phrasing? What the hell was that? 
No. All right. Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. I took two guys that are going to be competing with rookies that are going to be trying to push their way in. The two main ones, kind of. Would you rather trust Cortland Sutton, who a ton of people are starting to fade, or Christian's darling for this season, Michael Gallup, as your wide receiver two? As my wide receiver two? Yes. In fantasy wide receiver two or team? Because why would I? Why would I talk about team wide receiver two? Well, because neither of these guys are going as your wide receiver two most places. That's why I was kind of. So you say that, but I mean Sutton right now. Let me pull it up here. Sutton is going as wide receiver twenty. Okay, well, wide receiver twenty-five, wide receiver thirty-two, or what they're going as. But anyway. Let's say you go running back heavy, which you tend to do. And these guys are both there. That's my point. I would go um, Sutton. I would go Sutton for me. Sutton's a wide receiver one. Sutton. I, I also believe in Drew Locke uh, from what he showed last year. Uh, so I, I would have to go Sutton. I will go Sutton as well because as much as I love Jerry Judy, there is a 105% chance that I could be wrong. And that Judy doesn't step in until next year at the earliest, and it's still Sutton first. Although, obviously, Gallup has a better quarterback. I'll take Gallup fairly easily, just because he's better. He's not, yeah. but yeah. he points per game basis. I mean, he his his production in twenty nineteen better than Cortland Sutton. Yeah, and Cortland Sutton didn't have a starting quarterback. That he's going to have this year until the last couple of games. That's fine. Michael Gallup has the same quarterback, and then the report came out today that Mike McCarthy called Michael Gallup a wide receiver one. And so, yeah, Kingsbury said Chase Edmonds is a starting running back. I I get that, but Michael Gallup is going to have over a thousand yards. Cortland Sutton probably will too, but I just from what I have them ranked, I have Michael Gallup like eleven spots higher, so maybe nine spots higher. So I'll take I, Gallup. I don't think Michael Gallup will have as many touchdowns as Sutton. And that'll be the biggest factor. Okay. All right. Um, so would you rather Paris Campbell or Curtis Samuel? Like what is the context behind this, Christian? Like as as you made like, me change it. It was two teammates and then you made me change it. So go fuck yourself. I'd rather <laughs> have- But you still didn't put a as a what? Like what? Like on what are team. you rather deciding? On your team, they're probably it's a late, close late round shot, I guess that's what I was looking for. Something like that. Yeah, it's Paris Campbell for me. Campbell, Jesus Christ, Campbell. Um, <laughs> and it's just because of I. I actually don't. I, it's it's actually tough for me because I think Matt Rule's smart enough to use Curtis Samuel the way he needs to be used. And not run fucking nine routes just over and over to a guy that's one of the best route runners in the fucking league, like Ron Rivera and whoever took over last year when Ron was fired. Who who took over? I don't remember, but let's <laughs> uh what? I don't I don't know. Well, I also think Frank Reich is smart enough to use Paris Campbell in all aspects of the game. Harry Bellwell. He was the Panthers' secondary coach. Also, shout out to Rod Rivera. Apparently, he's diagnosed with cancer uh, of the lymph nodes. 
That was kind of what I was like, yeah. it's dumb shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, well, will, hopefully, all goes sorry. well with that. I'll yeah, say for sure. sure. You'd, you'd rather Curtis Samuel. Okay, so I guess I, I think I'd change because Curtis Samuel has shown that he can be a wide receiver three, whereas Paris, in very limited work, um, Paris did a wide receiver two. Three. Well, and also, um, you're not going to find either of these guys pretty much on my team at all. Like, because I, I, I don't look at either of these guys, but if I had to choose one, it would be Samuel. You don't think Samuel's a good, I mean, what's Samuel's ADP right now? He's probably being drafted as like a wide receiver six. Kill and, me, bro. You got, I got to scroll and load a different page. You're killing me. He's going right around Hunter Renfro, Brashad Perriman, Nikhil Harry, Larry Robbie Fitzgerald, Anderson. Robbie Anderson, D.D. Westbrook. So Cam, uh, Curtis Samuel, 63 around there. Campbell, 68 around there. Yes. I would rather Paris Campbell. He has a shot to be the wide receiver. Two on the team. I think Curtis Samuel kind of already is going to lose that to Robbie Anderson, in my opinion. But he can be used in different aspects, like Christian said. But so can Paris. So I... I don't know, man. Obviously, I'm, take... I'm split too, so I don't. And so I haven't. I mean, I've heard that Matt Rule loves Curtis Samuel's talent. I haven't heard much from camp. Paris has been flying colors all camp. People saying he looks like a, a star that they thought he was at Ohio State. This yeah. sucks. Why? It's because it's going to be more of this. It's going to be, well, we heard about this person, but we haven't heard about this yeah, that's, person. That's, 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 that, that's all it's going to be. It's only right. camp. Like, usually, camps I know. And, and that's what I'm on. saying. It's usually you at least see it in preseason. Like, we're not even going to see any of this. Yeah. Exactly. Remember when I said this fantasy season is going to suck and you yelled at me? This is what I was talking about. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Your reasoning behind why the fantasy football season is going to suck is because you thought everybody was going to get COVID and it was going to go through an entire wide receiver room. So all of those wide receivers are going to be out. So you're starting sixth and seventh string receivers. That is completely, completely different as listening to a bunch of guys talking camp. Shut up. No. Uh, I just do. I I do want to point out that Denny said that exact sentiment one episode ago, and he knows more than you. So I don't know. Well, that's rude. Well, he knows more than me. So, all right. So that's it for this episode. Um, the last thing we're going to talk about is if you're having a live draft this fall, there's one place to go to get the stuff you need. We talked about it a bunch of times. Red Zone Draft Boards uh, Draft Pack is the most complete pack of any kind that we've ever come across. You get the board, player stickers, championship ring, the ring holding case, the last place sign, and the cheat sheet. Not to mention they give you pick stickers, wall putty, and a prediction sheet. I've never seen something like this before. I just got one for a draft I'm doing Saturday. It's it's much unlike anything else I've seen. It's a giant board, so obviously no one's going to have trouble reading it. Um, the stickers are very, very colorful. They don't give you kickers, which is probably fair because a lot of leagues should go away from kickers because trying to deal with kickers sucks. But anyway, um, so it gives you all that for just $99. But you can have it for $10 off if you use discount code THECUT in all caps. It's an absolute bargain, and $5 of your order goes to a charity, and you just really can't beat it. That is all very accurate. Um, I wish – so we all just joined a redraft together, and uh, I wish we were doing a live draft 
I don't think it's possible for that one just based on the location of the the players. One is in Indiana, I want to say. That's where Zach's from, right? From A to Z. So I don't think we'll be able to do a live draft for that, but um, I I wish we could. I I know I I wish we were using the red zone draft board for a draft we have this weekend too, uh, but Sean is using it for for his league, which is what he bought it for. So makes sense. makes sense that we'll do that. (laughs) But we'll definitely, next year when things are normal, we're going to have just eight to ten of these because we're in eight to ten leagues, and we're going to go back to live drafts next year. So super pumped about Red Zone. What did you say, Randy? I said I hope. Oh, yeah. It's it's something I didn't realize how much I I've missed. <laughs> I, I missed it last year, honestly, and this year made it even worse. So, hopefully, next year we can all get back together and have some fun together, and especially on something as huge as Renzo Draft Board, that'd be amazing. Uh, last note too before we leave. Um, obviously, we look up to the the fantasy footballers. They're part of the reason why we started this podcast go listen to their my guys episode and then just go back to our a1 episodes just just do it in that order Uh, or you can listen to us first uh it seems as though we have similar takes and uh you might get a full reasoning on michael gallup for example except ours are a month ago yeah we went a little early but it's okay because we're we're before everyone else it's true it It is true uh and also go hit up matthew barry's love hate list check out the loves uh because we talked about a lot of those guys too so uh not not patting ourselves on the back but (laughs) but it's just a little just a little (laughs) (laughs) all right that's all i have All right, I have officially no words anymore for the end of this podcast. So, Randy, (laughs) if you don't have anything else to say, I'm going to be with you. I'm all set, bro. For Christian Williams, Randy Hall, I'm Sean Ward. We'll talk to you guys again soon. We gone.